you have been cordially invited to the Eternal Slumber Party. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that sound. Wait, we should have cheers. Bevergino. Cheers. 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 Clink. Like to state for the record, mine is non-alcoholic because I don't drink. I would like to state for the record, mine is alcoholic then. I made some rum and Coke, some Diet Coke. It's not even real Coke. It's Coke from my soda stream, which if anyone has read the Eddie Munson Stranger Things book, Flight of Icarus, you will know why it hurts to drink this right now. Oh, God. Have you read it already? I'm currently reading it. Okay. Well, don't send me spoilers because I haven't read it yet. It's not a spoiler. It's kind of a throwaway line in a bar scene it's just stop you're telling me too much but you knew that eddie worked in a you're bar. telling he me too much in season four stop it you're telling me too much he's stop it Shoosh. the book has eddie munson stop it's too much Shoosh, it's what too a spoiler much. what a spoiler do you know what i did today what'd you do today i sold a couch oh my god finally yeah okay so here's the thing listed it yesterday it's sold within 24 hours so like thank fuck because now i don't have to sell anything else on facebook marketplace ever again i'm really happy for you yeah it was awful started off immediate with two scammers uh and then had a bit of a kerfuffle because like two people said that they were going to come pick it up at the same time and I was like well one of them is already on his way here so you're gonna have to wait and he picked it up got the money it was fantastic I was very happy I'm happy for you um this is our first episode of 2024 holy shit yeah happy new year like we're recording this so far in advance what how are your holidays Mar- margo did they holiday super well um let's see well when this episode comes out my mother will have visited and i will have gone to new york for the first time my father will have visited and i will have moved <laughs> and i might go back to new york for a second time to see my sister for christmas so when this comes out i will be in a new place also jumping back to the um to present for us recording i remember how last time we were talking about christmas gifts and how i was like oh i need to do that i haven't even started i'm almost completely done i only have two people left i'm really proud of you for that i have so many people you know when i did it (laughs) when did you do it while editing the shadows episode 
Amazing. I multitask a motherfucker. I don't want to talk too much about my holiday stuff because holidays. I sure did holiday. They existed and I did stuff. Cool, great. What do you want your New Year's resolution to be? I don't even, I have not even thought about that. It's the start of 2024. This like comes out literally on January 2nd or something like that. What, how are we starting the new year? We're starting the new year. Should we manifest? Should we put some manifestations? Let's manifest. Out? Let's manifest a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Forget resolutions. I'm not going to change. I always Never say change. I will. And then I don't. Um, here, my manifestations, I want us to get 50 reviews, like written word reviews by the end of 2024. 50. Damn. Five zero. Written word. And we're, and we're gonna have them and they're all gonna be great reviews. They are. And I want us to get stickers. I, we will get stickers by the end of 2024. We will get stickers and it will be awesome. They'll be beautiful stickers. Beautiful stickers. Now you manifest something. I manifest that we will start having interactions on Instagram and threads and our email, and we'll get a lot of funny stories from people. That'll be fun. I think that's I like that. Yeah. I want the interactions. You're manifesting interactions in general. I'm setting a specific goal for our listeners. You guys need to send us 50 things. I'm making them do the work. It's their turn. I just want you to talk to me. Just say hi. That's all. <laughs> I manifest that we're going to have a guest host at some point in 2024. That's what I manifest as okay. well. Okay. And then when we wrap up 2024 we can listen back to this part and be like did we do any of this <laughs> That'll tune be in fun. tune in how are you today i'm good i'm very blue yeah i set my lights my leds you can't even see actually i think they died oh no they're super faint i have string lights behind me as well but they are not working i gotta change the batteries on those bad boys but yeah i set my lights to be light blue so i can be the same color as our movie today yeah because our movie is quite blue yeah um we're talking about twilight today we sure are we're doing we're kicking off our marathon we are talking about the Twilight Saga of the movies. We'll reference the books here and there because I don't know how we're supposed to talk about Twilight without talking about the source material. But we are focusing on the movies and we're kicking off with the first one, the most iconic 2008's Twilight. Can't believe this came out in 2008. Isn't that crazy? Do you remember? I have such a distinct memory of like when I learned about Twilight for the first time. Yeah, I remember. So I was in computer class and this girl in my class, one of my like kind of friends, like we were friendly, uh, her name was Carly with two E's. 
Loved that. Um, she was like, oh, my God, this new movie that's coming out. She was telling me about it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a sheltered child. Harry Potter satanic in my house. And she's like, you have to watch this. So she showed me the trailer and I was fascinated. I was like, oh my God, who is this man? And then I read the books and then I made Twilight my entire personality for most of high school. As I think most women did during this time period, our personalities were Twilight. I I want to say it was sorry the weird girls. I was sorry say, the yeah. weird girls. More specifically, the emo kids, the weird kids. The yeah, I I have another memory of literally staying up until one or two in the morning, reading Breaking Dawn for like the third time, just so that I could fully get through Jacob's section so that I didn't have to wake up and keep reading it. <laughs> I, yep. I remember, I heard about it from another weird friend. I don't even remember who. So I guess I kind of lied where I'm like, I remember it vividly. I don't. Someone's like, hey, this book is about vampires. And he likes the girl. And the girl's like, nerdy and klutzy and not like other girls. And I'm like, say less she's not like other girls give her to me oh she's also pale with dark hair mm. she's not like other girls give me to her this is like watching this movie over again i got so many flashback memories but also watching it was like what the fuck <laughs> i loved watching this movie so much and i watched it Obviously for this podcast, but then I watched it fairly recently. I think with you at one of our first sleepovers. And then I also watched yes. it really recently at a convention because for whatever reason, it was just on loop. The only thing that channel was playing was the different Twilight movies. So oh, I watched my it God. with another person and she also had Twilight as her personality, but it was to a much higher degree than both of us. Uh-huh. Um, and... <laughs> We watched it, and she was so emotionally invested in New Moon that she actually started sobbing when Edward left. Oh. Like, she was so emotionally invested. Here's the thing, though. You know how I watch movies. So I was cackling as he left. She was having an emotional experience, crying, and I'm like, here comes the meme! Where's the Jacob meme? Where the hell you been, Loka? Oh, my God laughing so hard and then i'm like damn that seasonal depression it do be like that though like just the constant rotating side note i think it's gonna be really funny that we go back to recording again after our really long break with new moon oh yeah so the it's where the hell have you been feel. loca is just gonna be so perfect i know ah! i know it's gonna be so funny okay but, so oh, let's let's start off let's um, head right in so yeah Made in 2008. This is rated PG-13. And here's the synopsis. When Bella Swan moves to a small town in the Pacific Northwest, she falls in love with Edward Cullen, a mysterious classmate who reveals himself to be a 108-year-old vampire. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. <laughs> I watched on YouTube for free, 
And Margot told me the most tragic news that if I had watched it on Amazon the way she yeah. did, I would have been able to watch with fun facts. Yeah, so it, fun fact, everybody. <laughs> Amazon Prime has fun facts over the Twilight movie, and it was hilarious. <laughs> you literally texted me that as I finished the movie. I want you to know. I want the <laughs> listeners to know. Whoops. I was distraught. That's so funny. It's fine. I'm fine. Where do you really want to start talking about this movie? Besides the iconic blue filter that's over everything, which I have seen people sell keychains with like pieces of plastic where if you look through the plastic, it gives it the same blue tint. That's so funny. I absolutely that's love it. And they so do it. Funny. Because each movie kind of has its own specific tint, tint. to it. Mm -hmm. So they have different movie keychains. I've seen them. I wish I could remember where I found them. I'm sure a lot of different Etsy's have copied at this point. But That's so funny. I love that so much. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? I guess that makes sense. So we get the blue filter and we see the deer kind of just hanging out in the woods while a disembodied voice that we learn is Bella tells us about how she never thought about dying. I do want to say this opening sequence is pretty, pretty. Like, it's pretty. Like, you know, it's a gorgeous moss-covered woods, like very nice, like, deer, very cinematic shots. We see the deer get chased by something that gets hints of, like, human it's got the nice blue tint. Like, I think as opening shots go for an indie flick, like, if you look at this through the context of it being an indie flick, things make more sense. Was this an indie flick? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm having some no, issues here. It absolutely wasn't. But if you put that lens over it, it makes things better. No, so, no, no, no. Hey, if you put that lens on, if you watch Twilight with, well, it's an indie movie. It's low budget. Take that lens off. You flick that off. You put the keychain with the blue tint down. That is not how you watch Twilight. You watch it for what it is. A 2008 movie based off of a teen romance written by a Mormon woman. Okay, so. And you respect it. The reason why I say it's in if you look at it through the lens of it being an indie flick is because for some people, that's the only way that this movie becomes bearable. If you just can't stand making fun of it. This movie is just camp. And it's such a product of 2008. There's a housing crisis going on. We're electing Barack Obama. Everything is whack. That's all I can say. The world is a crazy, crazy, lawless, lawless land. It's like we're in the 80s, except for there's the internet. I would not say that this movie is camp, only because I don't think it's intentional. And I think camp needs to be intentional. But we took it and we made it camp. And it's very intentional the way that we interact with this media. I think what it has become is an entirely different beast than it was when it was first made. But, like, I do not think, because, like, if you look at the context of, like, when we were in, I was in eighth grade when this came out. It's, like, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade was when all of these things were coming out. I took it very seriously. I I was very much, like, 
I love this. This is everything. This is what I like. I took it very, very seriously. Like I'm team Edward. I'm team Bella, like, or team Jacob, whatever. People took it very seriously. Whereas if something is camp, you don't take it that seriously off the bat. It was the post breaking Dawn part two Renesme hellscape that kind of made this into a meme and once it became a meme then it fell into more of the humor category but i still would not say that it is camp i would say that it's definitely shifted how it was looked at but i would not classify it as camp okay okay we don't have to classify it as camp what i will say is that this movie is i think to call it Anything less than the blockbuster of 2008 is incorrect because the thing was, this movie was everywhere. Everyone loved Twilight. Girls were obsessed with it. And I think to just kind of disregard the cultural time capsule that is the Twilight series. Yeah, absolutely. Does it a disservice? Because it, it was a it was a cultural shift. Twilight created a cultural shift because it one of the things that when people make fun of millennials that they get wrong is they don't include some sort of Twilight memorabilia. Like if you're trying to like dress up as like a millennial yeah. emo girl, you need to have Twilight somewhere. Like you have to have your team Edward whatever. But it it was a huge cultural shift and I think that's what's so interesting about this franchise is it went from being this like okay, small indie book series got super popular the movie box office box office box office into the shift of oh this is actually a really bad movie oh this is hilarious oh we're making fun of it to now this full circle of we love this movie fully recognizing how bad it is and that we like to make fun of it but we still have this nostalgia tied with it that makes us love it too if Twilight didn't do well, we would not have gotten a lot of other book adaptations. Because the thing was, this was a book primarily for teenage girls that the box office did so well, that absolutely meant that we could have the, even if some of the movie adaptations for some of these books were not good, such as um, the Divergent series, which I never really got into, but Hunger Games would not have been made. We wouldn't have gotten a ton of different, like, for lack of a better term, monster fucker movies, we wouldn't have gotten like warm bodies. We wouldn't have gotten just a ton of what came after with book book adaptation. So we got Hunger Games because Twilight did well. And we can, people can come at me for that, but we would not have Songbirds and Snakes. We would not have Miss Olivia Rodrigo's like Catch Me Now song trending on TikTok if it was not for Twilight and Teenage Girls. And I will always watch this movie. And even though I want to joke on it and dunk on it because it's a terrible movie, it's so good and so of its time. Because again, this was the way that this book even came about and how Twilight came about has such a weird backstory to it. And have you seen, do you know why this book was written? Do you under, do you know the history of this? I think at one point I did. I don't remember it off the top of my head now. Pete Wentz's parents met campaigning for Joe Biden. I want you to know that. So they met. They had Pete Wentz. Pete Wentz went on Fallout Boy. Such great things happened. Other political things happened. I don't really remember. I don't really care. But Pete Wentz, um, I think, 
supposedly helped find My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance only happened because of 9-11. And Stephanie Meyer is a huge My Chemical Romance fan. So this entire series was based on a dream she had about herself and Gerard Way. It was the meadow scene, was her and Gerard Way. And that's why Bella, um, the fake lie is that she fell and tripped out of a window on the second floor or on the second story. Because there's a My Chemical Romance song with that lyric. Remember how you broke your foot jumping out the second story, story or jumping out the second floor. And that's why we have Twilight, which is also how we got Fifty Shades of Grey, which is how we got Dakota Johnson, which is why we no longer have Ellen. Huh? You lost me there. The domino theory with Twilight is so insane. And what I just did was a really weird butchering of it because there's a lot of politics that also happened. All I know is that the big points are Joe Biden caused Twilight which caused Fifty Shades of Grey, which caused Dakota Johnson to get really famous, which caused us to lose Ellen on TV because Dakota Johnson, who was made famous by being in Fifty Shades of Grey, called Ellen out on her own show for not telling the truth. And then a lot of other people started feeling really comfortable with dunking on Ellen and being like, oh yeah, Ellen actually sucks. And that's why we no longer have the Ellen show. I think this is going to be very fascinating to talk about because as we've discussed before on this podcast, I am not as online as you are. So like this might be a very online thing for me to know, but this is also just history. Like everything is always so connected. This is essentially her published fan fiction about her and Gerard Way. Twilight, the book, was based off of the meadow scene. Yeah. was a dream she had, which is what inspired her to write the whole book. Right. Because she was in love with Gerard Way, and that was supposed to be Gerard Way. And then she really wanted My Chemical Romance to be on the soundtrack, and they said no. Hey, but she got Paramore and Linkin Park, so... And Muse. And Muse. I mean, banger of a soundtrack. That is my third note. Um... To bring it back to the movie, since we kind of went on a departure, this movie has a banger soundtrack. I I used to listen to this soundtrack on repeat over and over and over again. I love the soundtrack of this movie. I love how the movie opens. I love the deer, because I think it's the best way for this movie to open and set the tone. You know that it's going to be a really angsty teen movie. And you know it's going to be blue. And you know it's going to be blue based on the deer running through and then we have bella's super dramatic i never thought about how i was going to die but i guess if it's in the place of someone i love i I would have led a pretty good life i guess so we get that meadow scene with the deer then we jump forward and we see bella holding a little potted cactus this tiny little baby and a tiny little shovel little trowel and she's like i gotta move away from my mom My mom just remarried and he's a great guy, but she has to stay home and parent me instead of being out on the road with her new husband, who's a minor league baseball player. And I know I make her sad because she'd rather be with her new husband. So I'm going to fuck off to Forks, a place I haven't been in years, to go live with my dad, who I have very little relationship with. Yeah, essentially none. We meet her dad. And he's movie Charlie, I think is aged like fine wine. Everyone loves <laughs> movie Charlie. I think I said that like seven times in my notes. I love Charlie. I do not listen. I will not stand 
for Charlie is a terrible father erasure because the movie dad is pretty good. I gotta say, um, oh, I will shout her out near the end as well, but there is a TikToker who I do recommend all of our listeners go enjoy her content because she does do a lot of really good deep dives on the books and she makes very funny content. Love nice. her dearly. Um, I'll shout her out at the end of the episode as well and give the name, but she does have a whole section where she goes through and discusses how terrible parents Bella has. Because right off the bat, we know the mom is more interested in the husband than she is in parenting her own daughter. And she's she's like a uh, harebrained, she's scattered, she's like we can tell basically Bella's raised herself. Yes. Um we in the books it does say it gives a lot more detail, but there's like this throwaway line in the book where Bella says that at age 12 she took over the accounting and it made both of their lives easier. So an adult woman with a child can does worse accounting than her 12-year-old daughter. And it's not that Bella is some kind of weird freaky super genius like I think you sometimes see in shows. She's just a regular 12-year-old and she does math better than her mother. How old was Stephanie when she wrote this? So the, the book I believe came out in 2003. I don't know how old Stephanie was, but Stephanie is Mormon. It was pretty in the Mormon church, which you can tell based on the book descriptions of outfits, which I will get to when we get to that point, because I think it's tragic that the movie didn't do this book outfit justice. But I would have to assume probably early 20s when she, early to mid 20s when she was writing this. But yeah, Renee sucks. Um, we see Charlie picking her up at the airport, which is great, and drives off in that truck, in that cop car. Yes, and I the awkward conversation about like, oh, your hair looks longer. Oh, I cut it since I saw you. Must have grown out. Like, you can just tell yeah. that they have not. They don't know how to interact with each other. They don't know what to talk about. I did say he's like Target brand Hopper. Not quite like generic Hopper, but this is definitely Hopper we have at home. I was thinking about like how many cop dads and cop brothers and like. I know that this did not inspire Stranger Things, but this is just Stranger Things for the girls. If you really think about it, Twilight, we start with the awkward father-daughter relationship I'm, and the supernatural element that the girl who has no relationship with her mom has to solve. I'm putting is, my foot down and I'm saying no. No, Kirsty. This is not Stranger Things for the girls because Stranger Things is for the girls. This is for the bimbos. Stranger Things this is, is for the bimbos. This is yes. Stranger Things is yassified. <laughs> I I am arguing this. That's no. I'm putting my foot down. Absolutely not. How old was she in 2003 if she was born in You're going to make me do math off the top of my head. She was Wait, 30 I've... years old when she started writing this. That's actually really funny. Which is, it is really funny because I would have assumed that she was in her early 20s when she wrote this. I think a lot of the Mormon influence shows yes, in this. Yes, 100%. And I think 100%. one of it is her parents left, like divorced each other when they were 
younger because I don't think that Bella was planned. So they kind of had to get married. They were very just clearly unhappy. Yeah. And I think that we can kind of see the impacts that has had on Bella because Bella also says that she used to spend like two weeks a summer in Forks with her dad. Making mud pies with Jacob. Yes. And it kind of stopped probably around the same time that she was doing the accounting for Renee. So she does not have much of a relationship with her dad at all. She has very little connection to this town. She's moving in the middle of her second semester, junior year. Like all of these things, it does not make sense for her to move at this point. But clearly she would she feels the need to because her mom really wants to be with her new husband. And I feel so bad for Charlie because he's trying and I feel like Bella just isn't really engaging. She seems very, I'm out of here in a year anyway, so we can just be roommates at best. And like she kind of had to parent herself. And I feel like we yeah. can kind of see that just within the first reaction. And like Charlie doesn't even know what colors she likes for the bedspread. Yeah, I think there's very much she has not talked to her dad in a very long time and she doesn't feel like she needs a parent because she's just been taking care of herself this whole time anyways. So like what's he there for, you know? Yeah. I also she is hugging that cactus when she gets out of the car. She is like this is my my sweet summer child. This is the only thing connecting me to the sun. I will never see sun again. The son that she wasn't in to begin with because the girl's pale, like. Yeah. Why also is, they like make a comment, they like add it in that there's a comment about there only being one bathroom. And to me, I'm like, I think to why? show like this small house and that, I don't know. Like it's a small house, there's only one bathroom. And I think that the whole, which is weird because there's two floors. So you'd think there might be like a second bathroom or something. And maybe it's just a half bathroom. I don't know. But also because then when his friend comes over, how does he pee? He can't go upstairs. Yeah, no, that's fair. Anyways, so we get. But yeah, but we meet Taylor, Taylor Lautner, which my only note is Taylor. Because I was so excited to see a young pre, not prepubescent, young baby little man. A young little Taylor Lautner. Man. <laughs> a young pubescent man. Ew. Um, <laughs> I hate that. But, and his teeth are white. I had to make a special note of how white his Man's teeth were. Man's got them white teeth. Yes. And we see the pickup truck, the iconic red pickup truck. Iconic red pickup truck that he casually mentions that he rebuilt the entire engine of. Like, yeah, he's. Yeah, he rebuilt the entire engine. He's younger than Bella. I want to put that out there. He is not the same age as Bella. He's younger than her so bella is 17 and he i think is supposed to be like two years younger or something so man's is just 15 casually rebuilding engines but yeah they make he makes like this little this little side line about how um they used to make mud pies and the weird thing is like as bella's kind of going throughout the town everyone knows her and everyone is obsessed with her she is the star of this town and it, she it is a very celebrity. Much, it very much reads like self-insert fan fiction, self-insert OC. Uh-huh. Mary Sue. Yeah, it sure does. No, this is 
This is what yeah. every single high schooler in our age range wanted was to be the quiet, mysterious, bookish girl that everyone wanted to ask out to prom and everyone wanted to be friends with and and everyone knew who she was and everyone her first day at high school she's told that she is going to have the entire paper write about her like the paper is about bella she's going to be the feature she's news bella swan and she says you do i know you don't have no no you, you don't have to you don't have to write about me i also have to say this is 100 percent written like a teen movie in like the line i thought specifically of where she's like high school middle of the semester like that whole thing i was like god 16 year old me would have written that line are you kidding me like either the writers yeah. in this movie were very good or very bad it's hard so to tell Stephanie which Meyer was pretty involved with production she had she was white knuckling not letting go of a single thing and we'll talk more about it with later movies i think she had more pull over later movies but she was very involved here's what happened is originally in 2004 paramount pictures was in development to make this film for about three years and she ended up like pulling out of that um because they were rewriting the script so much that it wasn't even seeming like it was twilight anymore like they were gonna have bella be a star athlete like <laughs> they were they they were off the deep end and she was like no this is like you weren't this isn't what i want so then when summit entertainment came and purchased the rights to it it was guaranteed to be a very close adaptation so summit was more open to her letting her be a open to letting her be a part of a film whereas or part of like the production of the film whereas when it first started she was like what are you doing with my book this isn't what i wrote at all <laughs> type of thing yeah. so but i still even if she was part of production that does not mean that she wrote the script no but she was she was very involved with that she wanted the movie to be i would say oh it was written by melissa rosenberg thank you for your service melissa rosenberg <laughs> if i could buy a prayer candle with your face on it i would quite frankly melissa i'm gonna make the assumption that you're a fantastic writer and that's why this was written the way it was you are a fantastic writer which is why it was written the way it was <laughs> yes but uh, i think his name's eric he says chillax Chill out. I literally have that in my nose. And his fucking emo haircut. Can we talk about that? 2008 emo it's boy like, haircut. That's just how boys had their hair too, because that's also like the Justin Bieber. It's the, the Justin Bieber. Head. It's the it will. Joe Jonas it, also had I that haircut. That this is a little bit more emo because it was long enough that it parted, and he got like you know. I feel like the Justin Bieber was a full swoop, but he had the part on the side and that's so did I feel like we lean a little bit more into emo it's like oh, it's fair. leaning on like rocker to emo it's it's very emo now we see it more prevalent with emo boys but it was very much the i want to be cool like rocker to have that kind of deep part yes then we see the volleyball scene and that's how we get introduced to mike and again this did you see meet the robinsons yes 
you know that part with Goob where he's walking down the hallway and, it's and like, he's like, hey, Goob, nice binder. Nobody to liked me. Hated <laughs> me. That is exactly how Bella acts, except she spikes this guy in the head with the volleyball. He instantly falls in love with her is like he turns around hey. and is like oh that was cupid's arrow actually that hit me that was actually head. cupid's volleyball right to my dome cupid's volleyball right to the noggin and then fucking <laughs> jessica comes a bit bopping over miss anna kendrick oh my god anna kendrick in this movie and it's she fucking nailed her people I from arizona say, supposed to be tan she maybe that's why they kicked me out <laughs> you're funny oh my god the way that Kristen. D like delivered that line of maybe that's why they kicked me out i know that there's a lot making fun of kristen stewart and like acting in these but i think she fucking nailed it i she think did a that, great job i think she did a great job i here's the thing she's <laughs> an awkward awkward girl playing the most awkward self-hating unreliable narrator how else do you play a character who is supposed to be this super self-conscious, I'm not like other girls, I'm uncoordinated, I'm klutzy, I'm this and that, I'm not like anyone else, but have the entire world be obsessed with her? I also have to say there are so many scenes, anytime that she brushes her hair away from her face, anytime she like puts her hand like, gay, Kristen Stewart, gay she screams gay like yeah you cannot get away from the fact that that woman loves women like you just i there's something about it that i like watching it this time around i was like how did we not all see that kristen stewart was queer um so after all the twilight movies were out slash kind of during i guess their release i also watched some older kristen stewart movies did you watch catch me if you can yeah Oh, oh my god, I fucking love that movie! I love that movie so much! Oh my god! But no, there's... I'll have to send you a list of all the Kristen Stewart movies I watched. We'll do a Kristen Stewart marathon at some point. We'll do a Kristen Stewart. We have to. Wait, it's... No, it's not Catch Me If You Can. It's, it's called Catch That Kid. Catch That Kid. Catch Me Catch If You Can kid. is also... Catch Me If um, You Can, also a great movie. I was talking about Catch yeah. That Kid. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Hey, listen, if Kristen Stewart was in it, I probably I'm watched it because I kind of so... went through... I kind of went through Kirsty and Kristen. We were we were together. <laughs> what would your pet name be for Kristen? Like, yeah, what would I call and, her? You and Kristen? No, your your like couple name. Um, I've just made this the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Probably Christy. I feel like Kristen Stewart, Kirsty. We'd we'd have to just go Christy. Like, I don't have anything exciting or interesting. To yeah, you just probably together. have to do that. Ah, yeah. yeah, this is a dilemma. We're gonna. K squared? I don't know. K squared! But, no, loved her. A lot of her other acting, like, you can tell that she was queer, or maybe it's that all queer women flock to Kristen Stewart. I want to shout out again, she has a queer paranormal show that she produces and narrates, and the entire cast is queer, and it's very wonderful, and I... I'm probably going to watch that on one of my days off. Love that. Um, and then we get the lunch scene. We are now uh, at lunchtime. Uh, and they're already fighting over Bella. They're already fighting over her. They, everyone's losing their mind for her. They're losing this their mind This is my homegirl, Bella. Oh, your girl? And then a guy comes over, Randomly. kisses her, 
kisses her cheek. She's my girl. And then steals Mike's chair. Mike goes to fight for Bella's honor. Like, man is ready to get into a fist fight to get this girl. And she's like, nobody likes me. And and she is not looking at Mike. She is looking at the beautiful creatures walking through the door. Who are they? As these, the most polished individuals I've ever seen. Can we talk about the pale makeup? Can we talk about the the very clear pancake makeup? (laughs) Yes, because they do a fucking catwalk into into this lunchroom. And we start with um, Rosalie and Emmett. Emmett is carrying his bag of eggs that he can't even eat, but he is protein loading with all of these fucking (laughs) eggs. Protein loading. Do people and not find out? They walk out without them eating. Like, <laughs> so <sighs> they walk in, and we're also getting the narration to like be introduced to who right. these characters are, and they all are the like foster children of Doctor Carlisle Cullen and Esme Cullen. Yes. So they are all Cullens. They're not technically related, so it's okay that they're dating. They're just his foster children. I literally okay. have a note in here. I say, nah, she's right. Dating your foster siblings is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's we're just supposed weird. to accept that. We're just supposed to accept it and move on. I won't, though. I'm not going to. Because cult. That is what this reads to me. If you were just sitting in that cafeteria not listening to this, you'd be like, why are they also always kind of matching? That's odd i never want to match with my siblings the second i could form an independent thought me and my siblings unless it was for a family fucking picture did not dress alike or if we're going to a sporting event in which case we all pull up but one of us will always be doing more than the other i bet you can guess who does anyway i think this might be another big moment of mormon influence potentially i said cult Ooh, wow i'm trying to get us canceled well there goes our feature with Whoops. stephanie stephanie i'm sorry i'm sorry stephanie if you come on our podcast all over the we place. can talk about it tell us your thoughts anyway stephanie. is she still actively a part of the church debatable we can talk about that later okay that's because that's something i want she wrote another there's it's a whole other online thing um, but there's apparently a book with a ghostwriter, and the book is about a woman leaving the LDS church, but it reads like a Twilight book, so people think that Stephanie wrote it, but wanted to put it under a pseudonym because it kind of critiques the Mormon church, but also, like... Girly! Yeah, I'll look up some more tea, more drama, and get back to you, and that's gonna Please. be how we end this episode. So... Rosalie and Emmett walk in. They're the princess and the jock. The monkey man. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have... And then we have Alice and Jasper. Which, if you were bisexual in the closet, you just looked at Alice and went, uh, I want to be her friend. Her friend. No. Hmm? I think that's one reason why I loved this movie so much is because subconsciously it was letting me live out a lot of my gay fantasies that I didn't know I had yet. Yeah. Um, Every queer woman loves Alice. And Alice is a very interesting character. Unfortunately, 
Alice has Jasper. He looks in pain. Well, as he's Anna walking Kendrick through, literally makes that comment of like, yeah. Jasper's the one who looks like he's in pain. He and his face shows the actor did a really good job of just showing being in pain and like just looking weird and just the weird face that he makes that makes him look so pained. But yes, then we have Edward. He played Sokka in the live action Avatar The Last Airbender. What? Yeah. Say psych right now. I'm not. Oh, well, this is a good podcast, everybody. <laughs> I had fun. I hope you did too. We made it to 2024 and now we're done. And now we're done and we don't have to ever talk ever again. Um, it's Can been nice Kirstie's, knowing you. Kirstie's done being my friend now because I told her this. I am done existing. I am going to just see myself off the planet. I'm taking the next SpaceX and I will be exiting through the airlock. I'm surprised you didn't know that. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> What's his name? His name is Jackson, Jackson Rathbone. Rathbone. Yeah. Rathbone? I... Hi guys, it's me now. This is a solo podcast. Kirstie's left. It's just going to be me and my opinions now. Okay, I'm back. I just went through all five stages of grief. I'm back. <laughs> I'm shocked you did not know that. I did not. I That was a genuine reaction that you just saw. Yeah. was not. He's... Okay, he moving did not on. In, I don't want to talk that. about Jasper or Sokka ever again or the live action Avatar The Last Airbender. He um, filmed that movie in between filming New Moon and Eclipse. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, this is my favorite thing. This is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> I'm calling my therapist. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> this is what it took. It took Apparently. me using light mode and telling you about Jackson Rathbone. Yeah, Margot turned screen. light mode on her phone. It's like, I don't like dark mode. I use light mode only. And I'm like, uh, I can't emotionally handle this. I have a secret for you. I've what always used light mode. I Here's the thing. I think I knew that, but I think I kind of blacked it out to protect myself. Like, I just repressed it because I it was so traumatizing to see light mode on someone's phone in the year 2023, 2024. I just need to say that dark mode strains my eyes more and makes me feel extremely overwhelmed. I prefer light mode. Um. Anyway, so Edward comes in and Anna Kendrick's like, don't waste your time. He doesn't go out with anyone. Implying that Anna Kendrick, Jessica, was shot down by Edward. Yeah. So much like how everyone in the world is obsessed with Bella, everyone in the world is also obsessed with Edward. So, of course, they're going to end up together. Yes. Um, he gets so tense. He sees Bella and like it is like every inch of him is on fire. So she walks into science class. She walks in front of this fan. Why the fuck is the fan on? It's March in Washington. What the fuck? Why is the fan on? to add dramatics because the fan blows she walks in front of it the fan blows and we see edward go from like trying to just sit there 
to his entire body visibly tensing and like him having a physical reaction as if he's about to vomit yes and he then has Bella sits next moment. to him and did you notice the owl wings behind him like perfectly framing his head like he's an angel i've seen that before yes yeah i love that every time i see it i'm like hee hee edward <laughs> were you team edward or team jacob well see that's a complicated question i was team edward and then i was team jacob and then i realized that they were both really shitty boyfriends yeah that's fair however i also want to say robert pattinson a good actor everyone who was in this movie was a good actor because i don't know how else you pull this off if you are not a professional everyone everything about this movie should have been an amazing movie and it was roll credits <laughs> I did not expect us to be so combative in this episode. I did not think that we would fight so much. Especially when I'm not. like, I, you know, but I think that's going to make this even more interesting because I know you're probably going to have so much issue with uh, New Moon and the tribe. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't wait. Here's the thing. I also have so much problem with it. There's no nuance in this conversation for me. You realize everything about me is all for nuance. Margot is like nuance. Things are not black and white. Things are shades of gray. Listen, I've been in therapy for five years talking about how yeah. the world is not black and white and is in shades of gray. If there's one thing I know, there's more than 50. And the second thing I know is that the whole world is in shades of gray. Laugh at that joke. It was funny. <laughs> I come in here. I kick in the door plant a flag and say this is the hill i'm dying on see this see this anthill it's the one i'm gonna die on today baby who knew our twilight episode was actually going to be our longest episode we are 15 minutes into this movie <laughs> <laughs> oh no we are 15 minutes into this movie next scene she's quite offended by edward trying to get out of the class that she's in he doesn't show up for a couple days he's just gone no one knows where he yes. is there is a scene in the diner where she has lunch with her dad and like this guy comes up and he's like hey i played santa one year and oh like we the waitress is like i remember you and like they have this cute little conversation like it's very nice yes again going to show this small town seems obsessed with bella because they remember her please remember me we want your approval here's free like berry cobbler because i know that you loved it again like when you were four the last time you were here yes uh i do have to say i have a huge issue with this scene and miss stewart how the hell is she putting the ketchup on the fries i am i get so angry every time i watch that scene with her weird like i'm putting ketchup on fry like what are you doing girl what are you doing Oh, I hated it. Um, then we also see Bella like talking with her mom, and her mom is on a payphone because she lost her phone charger. Which a lot of the interactions we see with Bella's mom are her being very dismissive or just kind of showing that she's just not responsible. Like she is someone who can't take care of herself properly. And I think it's to add to the sadness of Bella to see that was who was taking care of her. Yeah. 
Bella is better off on her own. And I think why we like Edward so much is because he cares and dotes and puts so much time and attention towards Bella that her parents don't. Because in the books, Charlie is is gone most of the time. He's like out the door by 5 a.m. to go be the town's only cop. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> so in the book, he is also really not around. But it's still, but then in the movie, little different. But I would just like to say, neither of her parents are really around for Bella. They're just both very irresponsible, really disengaged. And yeah, I, she's 17. I wouldn't say but, that Charlie's irresponsible. I would say he's more, he's not used to having a child. Like he spent however many years without a kid and living his own solitary life. Like it's something that's a huge change for him that he might not be good at right away. Which again, movie Charlie, very different from book Charlie. Movie Charlie is much better. I don't remember a whole lot about book Charlie. I will be bringing up the books so we do not forget because I have serious beef against some of the book characters. So Edward avoids class for a few days. Um, We get a cut to, I think, an oil rig or something, and we see a man get eaten by something. Yeah, I'm very unclear what that area is supposed to be. It was some sort of oil rig or I think it was an oil rig or something. Yeah, there's water, there's boats. Something's happening there. Something's happening. is eaten very fast scene so then eric tries asking bella to prom and mike interrupts it because that's the type of homeboy mike is he's like nah she's my girl and all of a sudden edward's back and we have our first conversation between edward and bella which is (sighs) tense at best i will say that it's tense at best I also thought it was really funny that he was, like, asking how she ended up here and everything. She's like, oh, it's complicated. And then proceeds to explain the most simple situation. Yeah. Like, it's it's complicated. It's like, hard to explain. I'm just such a mysterious girl. Also, so then we see after class, he's, like, walking, talking to her, whatever. And then I don't remember what happens, but he does some sort of thing where he, like, stalks away from her. The way that he walks away... It it broke the illusion of Edward so hard for me. Because one, he looks shorter. Two, he's wearing these weird baggy clothes, like pants. Three, he puts his head down and his hand in his pocket. And the way he's walking, all I could see was like the weird emo boy that I would have absolutely fallen in love with in high school, which also explains a lot as to why I was obsessed with this. But like mm-hmm. it just broke the illusion for me where I was like, I was just a teenage boy. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It just. So then we get a scene out in the parking lot. There is a car crash. Edward yes. saves Bella's life. He was across the parking lot, and then all of a sudden he was next to her, stopped the van from crushing her. She ends up in the hospital. Charlie comes storming in. I think that interaction between him and the kid who was driving the van, hilarious. I loved that moment very funny but again another thing to go to show that one bell is kind of an ir- like um unreliable narrator everyone and also that this is such a small town literally nothing happens any sort of action important so which i just want to remind everyone bella moves into town and everyone wants to give her a feature 
you are telling me that the Collins come into town and people aren't instantly abuzz talking, researching, investigating all of this shit, trying to get them into their social It's just weird. But the entire school is around her and the guy who's in the accident. He has like a slight cut on his head. Kind same of guy who kissed her on the cheek. Yeah, same guy who kissed her on the cheek. Um, I think he's a bigger player in the books, but I honestly cannot remember his name. I uh, I can't either. Anyway, um, at the hospital, we see her dad is like very, you're going to lose your license. You're in trouble. That was irresponsible. That was dangerous. Belle is very much... I wasn't hurt, so it's fine. We don't have to talk about it. This wasn't a big deal. Like, I'm not hurt, so nothing bad happened. Despite, again, almost being hit by a car. Not just hit by a car. Crushed between two cars. Yeah, she would have died had it not been for Edward, who was across the parking lot. Bella then tells Carlisle. I'm sorry. Hold, please. Hold. Sorry. Sorry. I, in my notes, have... So Dr. Carlisle Cullen walked through these doors and my notes just say, it's Lestat. No, hold on. It's Lestat. It's Lestat. That man is based off of Joseph fucking Smith. Why do you say that? Because it is. He is. Like he genuinely is? Yes. Is that why you kept calling him Joseph Smith and the, yes. the vampire? Who the fuck is Joseph Smith? He's the guy who invented Mormonism. Hey guys, welcome to Eternal Slumber Party, Just Kirsty edition. We <laughs> are having revelations upon revelations today. I'm sorry. Are you telling me? <laughs> Carlisle is based off of the man who made the Mormon church? Yes. The Mormon woman made the leader of the vampire clan that she was in love with and obsessed with made him like based him off of Joseph Smith. I don't think we're ever going to recover from this episode. Do you need a second to like let that sink in? Do you I You know what? Stephanie, please come on our podcast. I have so many goddamn questions. Petition to have Stephanie Myers please talk with us about Twilight. I, you realize Edward is named Edward because he's from Edwardian times. No. Yeah. No. Maybe it's a good thing I didn't watch the fun fact version of this the movie. Fun, the fun fact version was basically just, oh, in this shot you can see a mistake here, and in this shot there's a continuity error here. Nothing as earth shattering is. Did she really say she named him Edward because he was from the Edwardian times? Here's the thing. I don't know if that one is, uh, if I can actually find it in an interview or if it's just something fans accepted or like. That seems like a early fan thought process. Me. You know what? I'll find out. Okay. I'm going to get the face of Joseph Smith off of my computer screen. We're going to try to get. But look, Joseph Smith is Carlisle. Tell me otherwise. I mean, I Carlisle don't think is Joseph look, Smith. I don't think they look the same, but. A Apparently you're correct and I mean, did she say she literally based him off of Joseph Smith? I'm pretty sure that was in an interview where she was talking about inspirations. Stephanie Meyer said that Carla was based off of her dad mostly. 
Okay. Whether or not that has something to do with Mormonism, I don't know. It seems like this started as a... Yeah, the Edward thing may also have been a fan thing. Okay. I I need to show you the banner that is on the r slash Twilight Reddit. Stephanie did name her character from the Edwardian times Edward. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Edward was a common name back then. I need you to look at Esme. That's exactly what I was going to ask you about. Why did they do Esme like that? Why did they do Esme? And what is going on with Carlisle? Like, they do so dirty. Over on the side? That doesn't even look like the same actor. It really does not. It's so funny. (laughs) Well, it looks like Mads Mikkelsen a little bit. But also, like, what's going on with Rosalie? And Emmett. I know. It's so bad. Why is their hair so blown out like that? Why does Kristen Stewart look like a supermodel? Like, <laughs> Okay, my question is, why do all of their noses look... Fo- like, all of their noses look like they were photoshopped onto me. They literally Especially... look... Everyone except for Alice's looks, like, photoshopped on. <laughs> We are. So, this needs to. <laughs> okay, going back to the movie, we have lost okay. the plot. <laughs> so. Okay, so we have determined Carlisle was not officially based off of Joseph Smith. But he does have blonde hair. And I guess when he was alive, he had blue eyes. Joseph Smith doesn't have blonde hair. Um, I thought most According of Christians- to this Reddit post from three years ago, one person says he wasn't blonde. Okay, so I think that portrait might just be off. Whatever, I don't want to talk about Mormonism and Joseph Smith. What were you saying about Carlisle? <laughs> okay, so oh, we have we de- walked in and he looks exactly like Lestat. He yes, looks like, correct. Yeah, okay. So we have determined Carlisle is not officially based off of Joseph Smith. However, he looks like Lestat, um, except there's one more character in this movie that looks even more like Lestat. So, my next note is not the gaslighting. Oh, so the conversation that Edward and Bella have after she gets checked out by Dr. Carlisle. Wait, wait, hold on. You are missing stuff in between here, though. Because Bella says it to Carlisle, right? Carlisle's like, you crazy girl, gaslighting her. Carlisle just says, you must have been lucky. Yeah, like, you must have been lucky. Yeah. Edward's not that strong, but just... Early gaslighting, like, that's so sweet, honey. You have a head injury. I'm sure of it. Then we see Bella leaving the hospital, and she overhears part of a conversation between Rosalie, Edward, and Carlisle, where it's, we're all implied. If something were to happen, we're all in trouble. Like, clearly something's going on, and this is our first hint that something's not quite right with the family and they have something to hide. Then we have Edward talking with Bella and it is the most gaslight gatekeep girl boss conversation. Edward is such a dick. He's like, he literally goes, she's like, how did you do it? How did you get over to me? And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I was right next to you the whole time. And I'm like, internet, if you want a perfect example of gaslighting, use this fucking scene. Like, yeah, it. Ugh. So, yeah, so 
Then we have the first scene in which we see him watching her while she's sleeping. Yes. And Bella just cannot let any of this go. She is like, something's going on and I'm going to figure it out. I can't just accept that this guy is kind of weird and off and move on with my life. I need to hyperfixate, which I respect her for. <laughs> the next day, Mike tries to ask her out. Mike tries to ask her to prom. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, I have to go to Jacksonville non-refundable ticket anyways sorry sorry and you should promise about Jessica. a month away promise about a month away we know this because mike says i know it's in about a month but do you want to go to prom with me then we have her be like oh why not ask jessica she'd be fun to go with and mike is kind of like disappointed in this idea of going out with jessica yeah, she's like, oh, I know Jessica would has been like would want to go with you or something like that. And he's like, and... Jessica, who wants to go out with Jessica? She's a girl. She's like other girls. Disgusting. You, Bella, are not. You hit me in the head with a volleyball. Yes. Then on the field trip, Edward and Bella have this weird conversation. It's just, I, their actual conversations are just so weird to me. Which, okay, I want to say, he says that you should Google adrenaline rushes. It's a totally common thing. And that's how he chooses to explain it, which I'm like, he absolutely just Googled adrenaline rush or like tried to think of something. First hit on Google is what he's going to tell her. Oh, 100%. Which also does no, do we, I don't think in the book we ever get an answer for this. Why are they at a greenhouse for their field trip? It was science trip. Ah, of course. Every junior high in high school remembers their nursery field trip where they just go to a greenhouse and look at house plants. Learning about the photosynthesis. And then at the end, Bella is still trying to talk with of this field trip. Bella is still trying to talk with Edward. Edward's like, no, shut up. And then Alice is like, are you going to ride with us? Are you going to be on our bus? And Edward's like, no, ours is full. And it's like, well, okay. He's just yeah. so angry. And Alice is trying so hard to be friends. And Edward won't let anyone be friends at all. And then we see another lunch scene just to kind of like keep things moving forward where we see them like eating like the vampires are eating food the actors are eating food to which my only note is why are they forcing the vampires to eat food why do they just have no food just sitting at the lunch table why do they go to the lunchroom at all surely they should be allowed to go anywhere else during lunchtime and then they start talking about la push i was i have a note with like honestly kind of obsessed with how kristen stewart acts i think like I, yeah, I said it before. I'll say it again. Big fan. Love it. So they're making plans to go to the reservation to go surfing. Again, it's at this point, what, March, April? Yeah, uh, we do. So it would be March still at this point, like a few weeks into March. Mm -hmm. um, in the book, she arrives in January, but in the book, she arrives mid-March. You mean in the so, movie? Yeah, the movie. Did I say the book? 
Yeah, he said in the book she. Yeah. (laughs) In the in the book she gets there in January. In the movie she gets there in um, March. March. Yeah. So it's March. They're getting ready to go surfing at La Push. But if you don't want to go surfing, that's fine. You can also go whale watching. There's whale watching at La Push, the same place you would go surfing. Now, I've never lived by an ocean. I don't think those two things um, are necessarily next to each other. I do not have enough knowledge to say for sure or not. But they're talking about going to La Push. And then we have the apple scene where Bella goes to get her lunch. She drops an apple and then he kicks it back into his foot, like from his foot to his hands, and he's holding it. And it's the the book cover. The book cover. I wheel every time I see it. I think it's so stupid. My okay, in this conversation, he is honestly kind of abusive. Like he like Okay, I was I have a note where how insane do you think if you were just by them, because it's not like they're whispering, you just overhear their conversation. She's like, Do you want to come to the beach? And he's very into it at first, like, yeah, I guess I can go to the beach with all of you guys, whatever. What beach? And she's like, La Push on the reservation. And then he instantly, no, I don't like that beach. I don't want to go. It's too busy. I would never go to La Push. Because if you're a local, you know exactly how busy La Push is. And you're like, is it because it's on the reservation, Edward, that you don't want to go to this beach? I To me, it was more of like the, I... I think we shouldn't be friends, but that doesn't mean I don't want to be your friend. Like that whole thing. I'm like, boy. Oh, I was thinking just the very intense 180 of we shouldn't. I guess like yeah, we shouldn't be friends. Okay, maybe I'll come to the beach if everyone's yeah. going. There. I didn't feel like that was as an extreme of a 180, but maybe I'm just because to me he was just like, oh, what beach? And she's like, oh, it's La Push, and he's like, seems a little bit crowded. Like not. No, not he gets for like me. intense with it. He's really? like, no, I can't go to La Push. Yeah, he like kind of snaps at her like he he's not going to look. Oh, I'm not like remembering that, that at all. I from what I remember, like just watching the movie last night, his body language goes from like being kind of relaxed, like a little bit like we shouldn't be friends, but also like I guess we should be friends, like very waffling on that. But mm-hmm. then it's like maybe I'll go to the beach with you. Oh, La Push? No, I wouldn't go there. Like he's just very against oh, it when he finds I... out that it's La Push. Yeah, I guess I... Because uh, what we didn't really talk about is that the field trip, part of their conversation with all the gaslighting, is we shouldn't be friends. Like, It's just this weird... Like, every conversation they have up until this point is just, let's be friends, let's not be friends, back and forth, back and forth. He cannot decide, and Bella kind of does call him out for it, but then she also just cannot stay away from him. She can't resist him. But he's very against it once it's La Push. Specifically, okay. once he finds out it's La Push, he starts acting very cold. No, I would never go to La Push. It's too crowded. It's too busy. So she says, he says, I don't know. And she says, is there something wrong with that beach? He looks over his shoulder and he just says, it's just a little crowded. You just don't believe anything I say. <laughs> anything i'm believing a lot that you're saying i'm just remembering that differently i feel like when he finds out that it's the push that he immediately pulls back like he's very interested and then he immediately pulls back and i feel like that was a weird 
thing to say. I felt like his body language was also like very. He does that thing where he like puts his hand up on the bar and he's like, it's just not my beach or it's just a little crowded type thing. Yeah. Anyway, so we see then at La Push, we have Anna Kendrick putting on a like a wetsuit and that's supposed to be how we explain the cold weather, the cold waters and everything and why they would still be doing it. Even though Kristen Stewart's like bundle up, has a big jacket on, they're wearing hats and holding blankets over themselves. And then Jacob and some friends show up. Yeah. And then we find out a little bit of history like, oh, the Cullens never come into the reservation. That um, whole line with just like, the Cullens don't come here. It's like, all right. Yeah. And then we find out like, oh, it's like they're an enemy clan. They could we get like some backstory where we kind of find out about the treaty and why they can't go onto the reservation i really but didn't like flashbacks honestly i feel like it, it would have been better if they just yeah. hadn't had the flashbacks in there like that the whole it felt it didn't feel good but it's like oh the quillot tribe would say who they are to the pale faces the quillots are all descended from wolves like they're clearly trying to set up the whole yes, werewolf getting, thing for new moon yeah we're getting that backstory because that wasn't really laid out as much in the book was it not really like we're supposed to know that the cullens are a little bit weird little kooky um they never go to la push which again i think is just a weirder thing for them to just not do whatever also why are you so familiar with what this family does and doesn't do but they say it's like feuding clan and Bella's like, are you saying that they're the same people from whatever, when this treaty was made almost a hundred years ago or something or 70 years ago? Like it wasn't that long ago. The Collins made this treaty with the tribe, I want to say. I and then they're remember. back. Like the weird thing with the Collins is that they kind of have a circuit that they continuously move around. And stay yeah. So they keep going back to the same place over and over again. And they weren't gone from Forks for that long where people can still remember the weird Cullens or like the weird clan who made this treaty to never go on to the reservation. Do you think that specifically in the Native American tribe or do you think that the townspeople will also remember them? I'll have to go back and fact check myself for how long it's been since they've been in Forks. But if I remember correctly, both reservation, because here's the thing, the werewolf pack would pass this information on and we know that some of the werewolves live for a really long time, even though yeah. I don't think that the oldest one of the werewolves, the oldest one of the werewolves I think might be in his 20s or something. But we would know within the town and within the reservation, people live, I would say, to like their 80s, 90s. And so I think the Collins came back where it's you would still feasibly believe that people would be that old and remember these people from high school. Yeah, because let's see, Edward is 208 years old. 108 years old. 108 years old. And according to that flashback, like we learned that Edward is the first one that was turned. Yes. And then, and then the others. And then Esme and then the, he lists the others later. In that flashback is the whole family. So, or there's at least four of them. Um, The flashback had 
um, Carlisle, Esme, Edward, and Rosalie. Okay. So we're missing three of them. So it is at least before the Civil War that they are there, which would be... So the thing is, the Civil War, Jasper was not turned by Carlisle. Jasper was not turned by Carlisle. He was turned by someone else. That's right, because he's... Yeah, Alice. Yeah, 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 They joined later because Alice can see the future. And then Rosalie asked Carlisle to turn Emmett. Again, this is stuff that we find out later in the series. Yeah. Um, but that's how, that's how they all came together. We know, based on this flashback, they look like gold miner times, which would have predated edward turning into a vampire so their little flashback does not make sense with when this would have been happening no it really doesn't make sense because the whole idea of like oh the tribe had a treaty you have to think that i mean we would have to get into the whole complicated history of the tribes in this area and how long they were on this reservation and when they were moved to this reservation versus where they were before and the when the white people came to Washington to take over and all of that stuff yeah. and how that like there's an entire convoluted history we could get into. I don't feel like it's worth it because I think we can just very clearly say they didn't fucking think about it. They they didn't here's the thing, even if we take out the real life history we know based on the actual source material from twilight edward turned at the beginning of the century like he was turned 19 like at the very beginning of the 1900s yeah because so, it was the spanish flu yeah so this little flashback where they're in minor prospector clothes and the tribe is still in like tribal gear instead of something slightly more modern to their fitting to the time it doesn't make sense when they set this flashback because then it's supposed to end with oh they could still be the same cullens like that's the fear that's the myth that's the rumor going around is that they're the exact same cullens from all those years ago it doesn't make sense the way they introduce this myth yeah. to us does not make sense because a lot of things with this movie don't make sense. The timeline for it all does not make sense. Yeah. And that's just the the tip of the iceberg when it comes to issues with the treatment of Native Americans in this series. Yes. So then the next scene we have, we cut completely away. And the guy that we saw in the diner earlier in the movie, Waylon, is killed by three vampires. And these three vampires... If Stephanie Meyer says that she had never seen Interview with a Vampire before writing those vampires, she's a fucking liar. Absolutely. Because that's, if Carlisle's good Lestat, James is bad Lestat. And also the Jamaican, is that a Jamaican accent that he has? I'm really not sure. I also am blanking on the character's name. Um, he was not supposed to be black. Stephanie Meyer fought that casting decision. She in her source material does say that when you turn into a vampire all of like the pigment in your skin is drained away you cannot be a person of color and be a vampire that is canon from stephanie meyer herself in the illustrated guide because they wanted to cast more diverse vampires and she fought that decision every step of the way it kind of stinks of racism a little bit there's some parts of 
this movie um especially with so if you want to look into it you should look into how she treats the tribe how the tribe thinks of the twilight series um the fact that taylor lautner was cast was because the original actor from the tribe quillet tribe would not cut his hair for new moon and that is why they have taylor lautner isn't that actor who played argyle isn't that what you told me? I'll have to double check that. I don't know if it was the actor who was supposed to play Argyle or not. Because uh, I thought I I have just have this memory of you saying, oh, yeah, Argyle was the one who was originally supposed to be Jacob, but he refused to cut his hair. I'll need to fact check that one. Okay, that's I, fine. I don't remember. But no, um, I completely but. I completely agree with you. I think as with most media as you get into it and break it down it falls apart unfortunately this one is falling apart into some racist pieces but moving on from that because moving we on so on so we see he kills them i just he kills the, this guy the guy who we were talking about i believe that's a jamaican accent but i could be wrong it's like an island accent is wearing clothing like Lestat wears like the old Victorian like ruffles yeah so they kill this guy and then that night Bella decides to do some research this girl claims to be an A plus model student killing it accountant since age 12 this girl types in Quillute, is it Quillute? Quillute, yeah, I, I don't think I've pronounced it correctly once. Quillute, yeah, so she types in the the old history, like the old, the legends for that tribe, scrolls past six articles. entries, six articles yeah. on Google, which old Google, Jesus, scrolls past six articles on Google to go to the bookstore website to find a book to then go to a bookstore to get the book those first six articles probably would have held the answer she was looking for and then probably. just to jump forward a little bit i we are gonna jump forward and then jump back because i need to talk about this the book that she then gets she reads a couple lines of it puts it and down then goes back to google and then goes back to google so to go back to that so she googles she finds out that this bookstore has the book that she wants Finds out that her friends are going to dress Port shop. Angeles. They're yeah. going to go dress shopping. And she wants to come with. And her friends are like, well, obviously you're coming with us. Like, are you crazy? We need you to tell us what looks good. But also, they're like, yeah, Bella, of course you're invited to come with us to hang out. Why are you even asking? Because they're going for prom dresses. And Bella's not. I guess, like, they also know Bella's not going to prom. But it's, like, wild yeah. to them that Bella wouldn't want to come with them dress shopping. Which she's is a thing like that you would do girls. with your friends. Yeah, she's not like other girls. I have to say, she has the most piss poor attitude the entire dress shopping experience. She's not engaged. She's not paying attention. She does not care. And she doesn't even pretend to care for her friends. They're trying on their dresses, being like, what do you think of this one? What do you think of that one? Bella says, hey, I actually really want to go to this bookstore. I'll be right back. I'll catch up with you guys to go eat. Then she leaves to go to this bookstore by herself, gets the book, 
and it's suddenly super dark out. He's walking to the restaurant and she gets surrounded by these men and they're like surrounding her, clearly drunk, saying all this shit. They go to assault her and then who shows up but a Volvo. A Volvo that has Edward Ex Machina. (laughs) And I just... So he he gets up. He's a professional driver. <laughs> he gets he's like tells her get in the car. And then he gets out and stares these men down. And that was apparently enough to get them to back off. Yes. Just to stare. Just to stare them down. He gets into the car and then he peels out of the parking lot. He zooms off. They are speeding down at breakneck speeds and he's like you need to distract me or i'm gonna go rip like he's insane and i just have to say once again really abusive behavior he that's fucking scary to me like i don't know why i never picked up how pissed off he is he's threatening to go murder those guys bella's just in the car trapped after about getting assaulted like so she was about to be assaulted by this guy now she's trapped in a car with the guy who's saying he's gonna go murder crazy he is so manipulative and like abusive. Like yes. I just watching it through this time, especially I was like, God damn, you're fucking awful. So then they get to the restaurant and, and her friends all, are like, where the hell have you been? We tried calling you, Where the hell? Have but you also been, like Loka? we were hungry. So they still ate without her. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. So from her friend's perspective, cause I like to throw this little extra perspective in from it and kind of what just textbook happened beat by beat. Bella sitting in the shop, being shitty to her friends, not engaging, then leaves, does not tell them the bookstore. They do not make a time to go eat, just leaves. Her friends finish get getting her dress, like getting their dresses. They're probably waiting outside of this restaurant, calling Bella like, hey, where are you? We need to eat. So they're probably freaking out, thinking something bad is happening. Something bad is about to happen. Then Bella's in this car, breakneck speeds again he is zooming down the highway takes her to her friends they again could not get a hold of her but then edward steps out of the car and they're like oh my god this is crazy she's edward oh my god this totally makes up for the fact that she did not answer the phone or call us or let us know what's going on he's like hey i want to make sure that she gets a bite to eat so i'm actually going to take her home not you guys and her friends are like yeah that's totally fine bye have fun and then just leave her with this guy without even talking to her like, hey, are you okay? What happened? Tell us where you've been. What the fuck is going on? They just let her go off with this guy that they really don't know well, just that he goes to their school without even asking Bella what happened. (laughs) They just accept that they ran into each other, he's gonna get her some food, and then they move on. They are B-plot friends, and you can tell. (laughs) They do not matter at all to this plot and they do not care about her at no. all because it doesn't go with the plot so then we are in the dinner and i just want to say something that song that's playing in the restaurant do you know who sings that song i don't who sings that song robert pattinson <laughs> oh he has two songs on the uh soundtrack so, so like he they have this whole conversation he's like i feel very protective of you that's why i was following you and i'm like this is abuse (laughs) 
Like this is, this is so fucking creepy. abuse. Bella, this is this abuse, is Bella. And then he says, like, so he's saying weird cryptic th- things. Like, I feel very protective of you. I've been following you around. I can read minds. Oh my god, the cat guy. <laughs> yeah, which then gives us a really funny scene where it's money, money, sex, money, cats. <sighs> yeah, like a little bit of a comedic, like comedic moment, little joke in there. Um. They get back into the car. He's speeding off again. She's like, okay, I think I'm warm enough because, like, the car heat's on so high. They both reach to turn down the temperature in the car, and his hands are, like, ice cold. Frozen like ice. Weird. A weird. This is weird. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> so then they pass the police station, and there's. See that Bella's dad's car is still there. So then they pull in. Not just that. There is also ambulance carlisle's car is there there's yeah. a ton of lights going on like there's something going on so there's they're like pull in let's see what's happening they find out that waylon died carlisle comes out and has this like conversation where he like says something to bella and then looks pointedly at edward and then says something to bella and then looks pointedly at edward <laughs> it's like yes. i think i get it it was a vampire <laughs> like so we know that something secretly is going on because they're having this whole other conversation. We, as the audience, now can pick up on this is not an animal. Yeah. Surprise, so surprise. She goes not in, she an comforts Charlie. It's a very sweet moment. They get out to leave and she has this moment. She sees the dead body being, why is the dead body being wheeled out towards the ambulance? It like That doesn't make sense. Like If we want to talk about timeline structure, that ambulance yeah. had the body in it it's probably there because it's going to the morgue which will like anyways so she has this flash and she like starts to put together the pieces of what edward is so she goes home reads the one sentence of the book oh we can't goes forget back to the internet dad, wait, wait 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 her dad gives her bear spray and she tries oh, to yes, reject yes, it yes. so before yes. we can even like bella connects the dots that this isn't an animal attack but before she can connect the dots that it's not an animal attack her dad's like please take this bear spray we think it's a bear you're not in Arizona anymore. There's serious big animals that can hurt you. Please take this. I will feel better knowing you have something to protect yourself. Very also, sweet. It's a thing in Arizona that there are coyotes everywhere. Yeah. Like, so there's like again, tr- this is just I, I don't remember where this I don't remember where I heard this from, but there was a trend where like when people would first move to Arizona, they would leave their dogs at like their small dogs outside and their small dogs would go missing. And it was like a trend that people would see like living there for a while being like, oh, yeah, you have a small dog. You better say goodbye to your small dog. Like, yeah. So, so just to think, he has to like basically force her. Please do it. Bella has no self-preservation instincts at all because she's like, no, I'll be fine. I don't need it. Of course she doesn't. She's falling in love with a vampire. Like there are zero the dead body. Here. Then she starts to connect the dots. Yeah. Then she reads the few lines of her book before returning immediately to Google. Yeah. So she reads a few lines of the book, immediately goes back to Google, and then has, like, this montage of, like, history of vampire stuff, ends with what I'm assuming is, like, a dream. And the dream is this shot of her in a classic film noir getting bit on the neck by Edward. Yeah. Like, very pretty shot. Very, very gorgeous. yeah she wakes up whatever then it's the next day at school she sees edward she walks past him into the woods 
and we get the infamous wood scene. And the wood scene is very important because we get some iconic lines here. So iconic line number one, I know what you are. Say it out loud. I screamed. (laughs) It's my favorite fucking line in this movie. And then the entire thing, she's like, I, this entire thing, I just need to say 14 year old me related to Bella so much. Strange, creepy man following you around is like, I could kill you at any moment. And I'm like, okay. Like, I watch you sleep. I follow you around. I'll kill anyone who thinks ill of you. Okay. Yeah. So they run up the mountain so that he can show her what he looks like in the sunlight. We get Mr. Sparkle Boy. It's the skin of a killer, Bella. It's the skin of a killer, Bella. (laughs) I I screamed for a second time. Oh my god, I was losing my mind. But like, they must think Bella's a genius because she's putting together that they're vampires. No one else in this town for a second could have considered anything. Bella is connecting all of the dots. She is putting the yarn on the bulletin board, figuring this all out. And she's delusional enough to think that he's not going to kill her or couldn't hurt her. Like, I trust you won't kill me. You don't want to hurt me, so you won't. Throwing out everything he said about instinct and what he wants to do is kill her. Yeah. And so this entire scene where he's like, you, I'm the perfect predator. Everything about me lures you in. I'm impossibly fast and strong. And like, he's jumping around and he's throwing things and all. I love both Robert and Kristen. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is happening in this scene? I'm so what beautiful the- and hot and sexy and gorgeous and hot and awesome the and amazing and beautiful. so bad. <laughs> like they had a massive budget. The editing is so bad. And then also like the little speed, like the motion blur on them to show that they're moving fast. He did his goddamn best, but Robert, Kristen, the fuck is happening here? Also, I guess so now they're dating, question mark? Yeah, like, so now they're together and they're dating. These are all of the interactions that you had with someone and then you go, okay, let's date? Like, what the fuck? I remember that man who got mad at me for not texting him back for a few hours? Yeah. I think he would have been great in this situation. So Also, they... the only thing I could think about the entire time, what about her backpack? She just dropped her backpack in the woods. What about it? It's okay. Edward's going to find it again and then deliver it to her because that, so of angry. course they would. So... The other, th- so they just look at each other really intensely. They start making out. They're not making out here. They aren't really making out. Yeah, right. Okay, you're right. They the make out does not happen for a while because he has to remember. He has. He's like. He's like. I want to try. Sorry, something. Right. They just intensely gaze at each other. Then he says that he followed. He he's in love with her, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb. Yeah, the lion fell in love with the lamb. What a stupid lamb! What, what a, a sick masochistic that- lion! What an audience that starts throwing up in their mouths. (laughs) Like, calm down. They are so... You have only known each other has existed for a month. If that. If that. Like, it's maybe a couple weeks. You've only known that this person has existed. I don't care if he's the love of your life and he's a beautiful vampire. I don't care. Maybe he, like, if he was actually not abusive, which he is. I don't care if it was like she was the most stunning person in the world. You only know this person for a couple weeks. You cannot be in love with them. It's 
so tragic to me that there's not my chemical romance because the, the second he's like what a stupid masochistic lion that is when they should have been playing my chemical romance and like they had this amazing you know really intense staring contest they're back together he's driving her home they just skip out on school they're staying in this meadow just staring at each other longingly and then she says the three things that are on the back of the book there are three things i'm absolutely certain of Every i do want to say vampire there's a part for him that thirsts for my blood and i don't know how strong that part is and then that i am, I am unequivocally and irrevocably an, an, in love with him and i want to yeah. say that unfortunately this movie taught me how to say both of those words because <laughs> i used to think it was irrevocably but it's irrevocably irrevocably in love unconditionally in love again with this guy that she really does not know that well and then the next day at school they show like he drives her to school this wonderful he's wearing sunglasses why is he wearing sunglasses who knows because he's making a statement he is going through a manic episode in this at this point because it's like well since i'm going to hell may as well show off my girlfriend why is he the pinnacle why is he the like textbook abusive boyfriend he is so dramatic like I'm going to hell because I'm a killer and I'm going to corrupt you. And also I'm hot and sexy and beautiful because I'm a killer. I love you, Bella. Bella, love me. But also don't touch me. I'm going to hell. So then we get a montage of them hiking a lot. Bella. Bella, of all people, goes hiking a lot. So we learn a little bit more of the backstory. We learn about where the vampires came from, more about the history, all this different stuff. We learn all that. And yes. then we get the scene where he jumps off of the roof of the car in like she's cleaning her truck. He jumps down and she's like, can you at least pretend to be human? He pops the dent out of her truck. And I just want to say in this scene, you could absolutely tell that Rob was not as good at an American accent as he is now because his English accent was 100 percent coming through in this scene. He did not have a consistent accent the entire movie. No, and I love him, and I know it's hard to learn a new accent, and I know he's gotten much better, but, like, no, it's hard he to did consistent. not. He could not keep a single dialogue, like, accent through a piece of dialogue. But he's like, my family wants to meet you. Come over to for dinner. Yes. So they go to dinner. Another moment where he, I know how they shot this and it cracks me up. So he pulls up, gets out of the car, walks around to open the door for her. And I know that how they did it is he gets out, he walks at normal speed. She opens the car door and then sits there and waits for them to get to her and then stands up and gets out. And then they can just speed it up as he's walking around to make it look like he was really fast to get to her. But in yeah. that shot, you can see his feet going. <laughs> You can. You um, just goes, bleep, bleep, bleep. Yes. I cracked up. So we see the house. So we see this gorgeous house, which I think mm -hmm. is in the Forks area, right? I'm sure it is. Um, I would like to pause for a second and say this is the moment I was saying that the movie committed a horrible, horrible crime, and it's not to have Bella in the correct outfit. They changed it for the movie. Because in the book, during the scene, she is wearing a navy blue a navy blue blouse and a long khaki skirt. And Edward says that it is 
the most indecent thing. He's She's trying to seduce him. She knows exactly what he does to them. She's this temptress, this vixen. And it is a navy blue blouse. And she, Stephanie Meyer wrote this in like 2003. So you know satin has buttons. Is a atrocious blouse by today's standards. And a long khaki skirt because she's Mormon. And that is supposed to be the sexiest thing that Bella could have ever chosen to wear. And in the movie, she's like wearing some green top and jeans or whatever the hell. And I just think that that is a crime that the movie did not give us an accurate outfit. But also that outfit's a crime. <laughs> and it's so tragic we couldn't see it. But yeah, no, look up. Um, some fans have done fan art of what the outfit should have looked like. And I just think everyone should look it up because it's the best. So but we see them coming in to this yeah. house. Esme designed this house, by the way. Uh, we find that out also later in the series that Esme designed and built this house because she's an architect. And we know that her fit, like, there's some Collins in the kitchen right now making Bella Italian food. We see them cooking. I have to say, these lines, I think, are some of the funniest lines in this movie. They are the best. <laughs> Such as, how, like, is she even Italian? Her name is Bella. It's so funny. Rosalie fucking pissed. She's so angry. angry. She's pissed as fuck. Bella comes in and they're like, oh my god, Bella, welcome, welcome. We're making this food for you. Bella, oh, I already, like, Edward, she already ate. Not even giving Bella the chance to say anything. Um, I would have absolutely just eaten the meal because I would have been way too awkward and uncomfortable. Like, you made she, me something she I even said, Yeah, she's like, oh, absolutely. Like, thank you so much. And he's like, she already mm -hmm. ate. She already like, ate. He, she was prepared to please. Yes. And Rosalie's so pissed off that Bella ate before coming to their house she that she breaks the salad bowl. She doesn't drop it. She smashes it in her hands like we wasted all this time making food for a human. And then in come Jasper and Alice through the window. And Alice is like, hi, we're going to be best friends. I know I just met you, and this might be, seem crazy, but we're going to be best friends. Like, a little bit of the crazy eyes coming from Alice, too. Oh, like, 100%. Alice has got some crazy eyes. So, yeah. Then she makes a comment where she's like, I would become the meal. Like, worst yeah. case scenario. And everyone laughs at it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, no, like, for real, no. though, you might be, girl. Girl. Not that much of a joke. So we go up the stairs. We go to Edward's bedroom. There's no bed. We learn that vampires don't sleep. Mm -hmm. She puts on music. They try to start dancing. She's like, I don't dance. And he makes a comment. He says, I could always make you. Yeah. Like, I, I can have make to. You. Edward Cullen. I don't know what he was trying to say with that line. Like, literally, why would you say that? To be, I'm, this man is abusive and manipulative, and I don't like it. And, you know, I think this is a really good sign that my therapy's working, that I no longer find him even a little bit attractive, because this makes me angry. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Hot damn. Um, it just makes and me then so angry. 
Yeah. Then we get, uh, let's see, the third most popular moment in this movie. Hang on tight, spider monkey. Hang on tight, spider monkey. (laughs) I love that it's like, you're supposed to come meet my family. We spend two minutes meeting my family. Let's get out of here. Accurate to how meeting parents in high school goes, though, if I'm being honest. Um, They... He throws her on his back, like piggyback style, and then starts zooming out. I think you mean Spider Monkey style? Piggyback style. (laughs) (laughs) You're so done with my shit today. (laughs) He's climbing up trees. They... Like, they are up super high in the trees, and she's like, wow, I couldn't dream. Like, this is so beautiful. What a view. All I could think of is if I was up that high, I'd be terrified i'd be shitting my pants freaking out what if i fell all i could think of is what if i fell he would catch you i would just die he would catch you anyway up there horrific but she's so in love with him only falling more and more in love with him and then we have him like this kind of montage scene about him like playing piano and like this song that was the scene. So she's sitting on the couch and she like has her fingers through her hair and the way she's sitting on the couch, I'm like, are you gay? Yeah. And I think that's Bella's lullaby. Yes, that is Bella's lullaby. That song that is playing is Bella's lullaby. So we have that. It's lovely. Whatever. So then they, she, it's, we learn it's Friday afternoon. She is meeting her dad at the diner for dinner. Mike comes up and is like, hey. I don't like that you're dating Edward. I don't like it. Doesn't yeah. sit right with me. And I'm like, Mike, who fucking asked you? Like, I agree, but also who fucking asked you? Which, hey, give Mike credit. He's now with Jessica. He asked Jessica to the prom, which is why Jessica was prom dress shopping. And he's still going after Bella. Of course he is. Crazy. She's in. She's the star. Then that night... Edward sneaks in, and this is where they have their first kiss. Yes. It's a little hot and steamy. You know. It it gets it gets pretty hot and heavy. I I do have to say, both Kristen and Robert, A plus A plus kissing. Gotta mm-hmm. give them that. Good some good kissing on this scene. Edward stops their makeout. He flies backward. He flings himself backward to stop himself. I just put something together. Okay, so I have a comment in here. He's wearing a wristband. It's like a thick, like, sweatband, but it's got, like, some sort of emblem on it. Yeah, Edward's cuff. They sold it as merchandise in Hot Topic. Yeah, so I'm... The only reason I'm putting that together is because I have a fucking picture of all the other people on it. And Emmett is also wearing one. It's the Cullen family crest. Yeah. I did not put that together. So I was sitting here making fucking fun of this 2009 wristband being like, what the hell is this man wearing? Yeah. And then because it's also what Rosalie's necklace is. It's what's on Alice's choker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm putting that all together. I just all I could see in this moment. I could not take the whole thing seriously because all I could see was a stupid fucking wristband. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, it's ridiculous. Also, in the books, he makes a point to say that he will never kiss Bella with an open mouth because that's how the venom would get. Like, he has venom in his mouth and he doesn't want to risk his razor sharp teeth cutting her tongue or anything. 
So I want you to keep in mind that they are closed mouth kissing canonically every time they kiss in the book. That's so Mormon. <laughs> yeah. So it's always a closed it's mouth kiss. Stop. He's like, oh, you make me so horny. I can't resist you. You in that khaki skirt. And Bella's like, you're allowed. I will do anything for you. We're both going to hell because I'm in love with you and I kissed you before marriage. So we're both going to hell anyway. Ah. Uh. Um, and he's like, no. And then he wants to take her to watch him play baseball. Yeah. We don't really get like a, a good wrap up to that scene. Like it's a really bad transition because then it's just Bella's saying, Dad, I want to go on a date with Edward. He's going to he be here to pick me up. I want you to meet him as well. We get a very productive dad thing with the cleaning the shotgun. Yeah. A very classic, like, chick bring him in. Like. Yeah. I. It's kind of funny. It is I love a funny. scene like that. He does a great job. Like, I think this actor nailed it. Yes. It's so funny, the two of them meeting. And then we get classic baseball scene. It's gorgeous. It's lovely. Everything about Muse it. Muse is playing in the background. It's Muse perfect. Is playing. It's, it's fantastic. Chef's kiss. We love everything about it. We love it. Rosalie calls Emmett her monkey man for the first time. It's great. But then just as things are so fun, everyone's having a great time. Life can't get any better than this. Alice has a vision of the other three vampires joining them. They all freak out. We need to get Bella out. We need to get Bella out. They tell Bella to put her hair down as if that's going to cover her scent. And I'm really curious as to how that's supposed to help. Honestly, I feel like it would be the opposite. Like you tie up your hair to have less scent. Yeah, I don't know. But Felt like it's just a really weird scene. They're trying to get Bella out of there without them realizing that she's human. But James gets a whiff of her. And is like, I'm going to chomp a chomp on this right now. I'm, I'm starving. I need her blood because Bella is the only thing that makes life worth living for anyone in this universe. Yeah. They so, start a fight like she's with us. She's ours. Don't touch her. They try to get her out. James is like, all I want is her blood and I will cause problems on purpose to get her blood. Okay, Lestat. Yeah, seriously, it's just Lestat part <laughs> it's two. It's just Lestat part two. So they rush home. They're like, we need to get you out of here. And she's like, what about Charlie? He's going to go to my dad's house. So she goes home to pretend that she and Edward break up and she's going to leave and she hates it there and all this stuff. And I just want to say, poor fucking Charlie. Like, yeah. that's so fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, it's, It is really sad. And Bella is doing all of this on purpose to hurt him so he doesn't go after her which is heartbreaking yes i have to leave now i can't be trapped here i don't want to be trapped here i don't want to be with you i need to start driving it's going to give me time to think clearly distraught he's trying to just at least de-escalate just stay here tonight think about it if you still want to go in the morning i'll take you to the air like even saying i'll take you to the airport in the morning if you really want to go like just make sure you're making the right decisions like but she leaves in the truck he gave her as a welcome home present, she just takes the car and says, no, I need to leave. Um, even telling her Edward in the car later, I said the same thing my mom said to him when she left. He's never going to forgive me for this. And I think it's because she doesn't 
think she deserves his forgiveness because she purposefully said all of these terrible mean things to him to let her go which we know it's to save him but holy shit this has been like maybe three months three four months book time only a few weeks for like maybe two months right like a few months in few months in book world a few weeks in movie world like because if she came in march prom is usually in april we have not even like the entire thing of this movie takes of course over like six weeks it's it's unbelievable so then we get to we go back to the cullen house they're preparing everything why does carlisle just have stacks of money in a safe in the garage it's a getaway bag like they have a go bag in case something were to happen because they do mention that jasper looks constantly in pain because he's a new vegetarian vegetarian vampire yeah so he seems to constantly be trying not to drink human blood so I think they have the go bag in case they need money or to like escape or whatever, which is stupid. You don't need money when you're a vampire. TBH, like just take whatever you want, but whatever. They don't want to kill humans, so I guess it's more convenient. But anyways, yeah. so they're like, they come up with this plan. The Alice and Jasper are going to take Bella to Phoenix and Rosalie's going to like, Rosalie and Esme are going to lead the scent other directions and they have this whole plan. Edward is yeah. like, I don't, please, like, I'll see you soon. You're my whole world. And I'm like, how the fuck is this girl your whole world? You've known her for weeks. Like, yes. perspective here. They separate to keep her hidden from James. Then James figures out the trick. He Alice sees in a vision. Yeah, so he realizes that they have been leading him on, and Alice sees this in a vision in mm-hmm. Phoenix. James makes a call to Bella and makes it seem like he has Bella's mom. Yes, we just hear Bella, Bella, where are you? Um, he mentions a ballet studio, like the ballet studio. So yeah, Alice gets a future and sees a ballet studio, and then James says, How about a ballet studio? And I'm like, we get it. Yeah, and I'm like, what a creepy thing to know about her ballet studio. He says that he got all of her information through the high school. Well, you see there's a picture of her. So like in the shot with James, I don't know if you saw this, but like in the shot with James talking, there's a picture of like kid Bella. Yeah. In a ballet outfit. And it says Mimi's ballet studio on the top of it. So he like, he we're like, oh, he sees this picture of her and he knows that she's going to know where this is, but it is very creepy. It, they really make James so fucking creepy. Like, yeah. So she shows up at the ballet studio, and we discover she does not have. So wait, he does wait, not wait. Have before her she mom. shows up, before she shows up, Alice knows that James is on his way down to get her. Does not see anything about Bella going to the ballet studio. But Jasper and Alice are checking themselves out of the hotel. Bella's fuck all away from them. And they don't think to, like, have someone stand next to her or have her stand next to them. Which is wild to me. Then Bellas takes the car and goes to the ballet studio without them. She doesn't take the car. She takes a taxi. She takes a taxi. You're right. She takes a taxi without them. Again, Alice sees the future, would be trying to keep an eye out for any visions about Bella. I'm sure. Well, in the book, doesn't it mention that Alice had a vision of her going to the ballet studio as soon as... She made that decision. She's able to get away from them. So I don't think that she, Alice had a vision of it. They realize that she's gone. And because they know 
James is going to a valet studio. I think that's how they're able to find her. And like Edward finds her first. Okay. I remember something about a vision, but I think you remember the, the books a lot better than I do. So um, so James is being really creepy. He has Bella. He breaks her leg. He throws her around. And then Edward shows up. Yeah. Oh, before that, James bites her. So James bites Bella. Edward so shows up. He bites her when Edward shows up. Because then they get into a fight, but first he bites Bella, and then everyone else shows up. Yeah, because Edward's the fastest. Yes. And it helps that um, they do have like a little bit of a fight scene between Bella and James where she pulls out the bear mace and sprays him in the eyes and she yeah. tries to turn away. Because Bella's like, Edward has nothing to do with this. Leave Edward alone. I'm what you want. It's the villain speech that buys enough time for Edward to show up. When Edward shows up, he bites her. And then there's like blood everywhere. There's all of this drama. Like Alice is really struggling to not drink her blood. They go to kill James. He gets taken down real easily. Like he does not put up much of a fight once Edward gets there. Yeah. But again, this is a romance. So everything else with the plot is really easily solved except for the romance aspect because that's Fair. the point of the story yeah um carlisle says to edward you have to suck out the blood i don't know why carlisle doesn't offer to do it oh i guess because he has to stop the bleeding from bella's leg which edward also has multiple medical degrees like all they do is go to school so they're all technically all medical doctors they could yeah, be running hospitals as doctors instead of high school students, but whatever, I guess. So then Edward has like is partially turned. Like she's pretty much halfway to being. Well, a yeah, Bella is halfway through transition at this point, and Edward is like, "Okay, I'll suck the venom out." She starts going dark, and we yeah. get this montage scene of her like dying. Do you know who sings the song during this montage while she's dying? Is it Robert Pattinson? It sure fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, which, okay, here's the thing. Could she really reverse, like, the fact here's that they the- can reverse transition them? Here's the thing that drives me a little bit insane, is Carlisle goes, she's losing too much blood. Suck more out of her, Edward. But yeah, just to suck out the venom, which at this point... She was already turned, so she's already going through this transformation process, then has to untransform, which does not make sense. Well, she did say that only her hand was burning. So at this point, she's like, I'm assuming it's just starting to get into her bloodstream. It doesn't say, like, they never really go into it. It's just one of those weird things. But she, once you're bitten, you start transforming is the whole thing. So she's already starting this transformation I had to assume that she had to be a little bit more transitioned based on how much blood Edward actually sucks out of her. But yeah, goes dark, starts fading. Cool, great. She wakes up in the hospital. The hospital. Also, I do want to point out Edward Cullen's face as he sucks her blood. The weird face he makes. They both make weird faces because the face that Kristen makes when she's like about to die and she goes like slightly cross-eyed like yeah. they're both making weird faces in this scene. Like great actors, their faces are a little bit weird in this scene. So we wake up in the hospital. Her mom's there. She's like, "It's great. We found a little house." She's like, "No, I want to go back to Forks." Actually, and- I changed my mind. I want to go back to Forks. But you forget 
they just believe the lie that they hear about Bella that she ran out, tripped, like, um, ran out of the hotel because Edward and his dad followed Bella from Forks all the way down to Phoenix, which granted, that means that over the course of, like, two nights, she was able to get from Forks all the way down to Phoenix in, like, one go, really. Like, only a day has really gone by, mind you. Yeah. They, like, her parents are told that she tripped as she was walking down a flight of stairs, tripped, started falling down some stairs, and was launched out of a window. And that's how she ended up in the hospital with a broken leg. After, and then they, she's like, I want to go back to Forks. I need to go back to Forks. I don't want to go to Jacksonville anymore. I changed my mind after that. How did anyone not say, no, I think you need to go to Jackson, actually, Jacksonville, actually, because you were in a terrible fight. You said these shitty things to your father, ran out of there, and then the boyfriend that you were apparently very upset with followed after you, and now you're in the hospital saying you need to go back. That is abuse. That is cult-like behavior. Oh, my That's God. That's love, baby. <laughs> it's awful. It's fucking horrible. Horrendous. Also, so then the mom leaves. Edward is, like, pretending to sleep. He wakes up. They have this conversation. And he makes a comment where he says, where else am I going to go? Right. To her. No, bef before he says that, though, he says, like, these things, like, alluding that he's going to leave her or, like, she needs to go to Jacksonville or something. Oh, Kristen saying Stewart that she, yeah, she should go to Jacksonville. Stutters every word in existence. Doesn't say a single full English word. A whole monologue is said without her saying a word <laughs> about how he can't leave her. And she doesn't say anything. It is like she is stroking out. I There was not a word uttered. And then he says, where else would I go? Or where, like, you have to stay with me forever. No, he says, where else am I going to go? And I, I made note of that because I think New Moon has some notes on that. Yeah. we well, the New Moon has some notes, Edward. Anyway. So then we transition to the prom. Edward so and it's Charlie are sitting at the table. Yeah. It's awkward. She comes down the stairs with a boot on. I just have to say, didn't he break her thigh? He, she was, like, stabbed through the thigh. She was stabbed through the thigh, but he broke her leg. See, I thought he broke the other. I'm so con I did not pay enough attention to the leg-breaking continuity of this movie. Anyway, okay. she's in I don't a think boot, which doesn't feel accurate to getting your leg broken, but that's just me. But also, it's like, she just got transferred from a hospital down in Phoenix. Now she's at prom in Forks, Washington. This would have happened, like, maybe two weeks in between yeah. that time frame, if not less. In the book, she thinks that she's going to be turned into a vampire on this night. She does not think she's actually going to prom. So then they turn up at prom and she's confused as fuck. Like, why are we at the prom? Everything is so blue. In this scene in particular, yeah. everything is so blue. So like so blue. Edward pulls up, is like, let me go take, let me go take care of something. Yeah. And then fucking Jacob shows up. Yes. And then Jacob, the weirdest thing he could possibly say to her my is dad my paid dad me wants 20 bucks to come tell you that to break I, up with you your boyfriend. should break up with your boyfriend because we kind of missed on it when bella is being driven to the collins for the first time 
Jacob and his dad are driving to her house and the cars pass each other and they are staring at each other through the window, like staring daggers at each other through yeah, the window. There's this whole interaction of like the Native Americans and the Collins, like they don't like each other. We get a lot of hint for that. Jacob shows yes. up, says this. They go through prom. We get a nice little like everyone waving and saying hi. We see everybody there. It's we Monte get- Carlo themed, which I would also like to say my senior prom is also poker themed so this like was almost reminiscent of my senior prom even though it's their junior prom and i was like tee so then we get the dancing and the ending scene he they have this whole conversation where she wants to be a vampire he's like why won't you just be happy with a long life with me they have the gorgeous ending who sings that song again iron and wine Iron and Wine sings that gorgeous song, fades Mm -hmm. out. We see the woman, Victoria, that was with the three evil vampires at the end, alluding that there's going to be a sequel. And then I just want to say that the second ending, the second credit song is by Linkin Park, Mm -hmm. which I forgot to mention. If you want to, like, like I said in the last episode, or in one of the last episodes, if you want to know who I am now, Florence of the Machine, Hosier. If you want to know who I was in high school, Florence of the Machine, Lincoln Park. <laughs> that will explain everything. Everything. <laughs> who I was and Twilight. If you want to know me in high yeah. school. Um, wow. So that's Twilight. We had some opinions with a capital O. <laughs> yes. That movie. Incredible from start to finish. Truly. We never see that actress for Victoria again, by the way. She's recast immediately. Unfortunate. Yeah. And then we go into New Moon. So this, so in book timeline, all this was taking place between January and April. In movie, or in book, yeah. So book, January, April. In the movie, it was March to April. Insane. All of this happened so quickly. And when you realize how quickly things moved in this movie, insane. All of this, none of this would make sense. If you saw this from the outside perspective in the real world, you would be like, this is some cult shit going on. The other thing I was going to say is a lot of this movie, like if you have never read the book, 90% of this movie is not going to make sense to you because you you need to have the context of the book to understand a lot of the reasons why they're saying these things. Because otherwise, if you just watch this, you're like, what have they done to fall in love with each other? They haven't done anything. They're just in love now? Like, Which, to be fair, in the book is exactly the same thing. They just are in love, I guess. But it's a romance, and it's supposed to be love at first sight romance. Yeah, and I feel like there's a little bit more buildup to it, and there's a little bit more with the book. But I definitely feel like if you just watch the movie without having any historical knowledge of it... Here's the thing. Now there is Midnight Sun, which is the entire first book from Edward's perspective. So you do get to see more of Edward falling in love with Bella. Bella just happens to love him because he's the late character and love interest. But you see him falling in love with her and choosing to fall in love with her. And it is because of the way she smells. Her scent is the only reason Edward likes her. And he's intrigued because she's the only one whose thoughts he cannot hear. Have you read Midnight Sun? I have not. I have not either. If this series does well, then we will read Midnight Sun. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
but yeah, that was Twilight. Definitely had a lot of opinions about it. It was such a product of its time, and I hope I do not live long enough to see it remade or rebooted. Although I would There's love... There's no way it will. The thing is, I don't. I was gonna say I'd love to see Midnight Sun be turned into a movie, but there's no way that we could, because if it's not the same actors, I don't want it. And, and they're they not gonna never, do it. They, they would, would never. never. They would never. Robert Pattinson would rather die than play Edward Cullen ever again. <laughs> and he was saying that after Twilight movie one. Yeah, three more movies to make. And he hated every one of every them. Every single one of them. Or no, he technically had four because then they turned Breaking Dawn into two movies. And I've never seen Breaking Dawn part one or two. Me neither. Oh, this is going to be a wild ride. We've never seen that Oh, this is going to be a wild ride. I thought you'd seen them. Yeah, no, I haven't seen them either. I've only seen through Eclipse. And I can't fucking remember a single goddamn second of that movie. No, I've only seen up through Eclipse. And then it was a point of pride for me that I've never seen the last two movies. So Same. (laughs) We're going to ruin that. We're going to get rid of it immediately. Same. Why are we the way that we are? Because it makes good content. Um, But yeah, so join us through the rest of January as we watch the rest of the Twilight movies and we talk a little bit about the books because we can't talk about one without the other. Margo, take us out. Tell us about our social media. We have an Instagram and a threads. You can find us there at Eternal Slumber Party Pod. You can email us at Eternal Slumber Party Podcast. At this point in time, we may or may not have a TikTok. That is currently up to Kirsty. Eternal Slumber Party Podcast at gmail.com. Fuck, did I do that again? Yeah. Uh. At gmail.com. <laughs> Eternal Slumber Party Podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Give us five stars on Spotify. Leave us a review because Spotify will not let you write out a review. If you want us to read a review or you want to give us some feedback, you can do that too. Our email, you can send it to our inbox on social media at Eternal Summer Party Pod on Instagram. Um, TikTok, we'll let you know on our other social media if there's that TikTok or not. Um, We will read things on air but remember to be respectful if you found this funny then send it to someone you would do a spider monkey crawl through the forest with spend some time in the meadows with the skin of a killer if you hated this then report us to the volturi send it to your worst enemy do a third funny thing (laughs) i don't know um have a good day or not have a good fish day. Oh my god, I messed up our ending already. <laughs> I was like, whoa. 2024 off to a wild start. I'm not rebranding that yet. Have a great fish day or not, is what I meant to say. The choice is yours. I keep getting jump scared by this fucking Esme. <laughs> Why do they look like that? Why? Oh. It's a nightmare.